Welcome to The Sipping Point, the whiskey podcast where we ask the whisk what, the whisk where, and the whisk who as we journey through another ultimate dramming experience. I am the master blender Cameron Hobbs, joined as ever by my co-host Angus Coots. Angus, the question that we always ask you, what's been in your glass this week? So I've not actually been drinking too much in the house, but also hi Cam, good to be here again. Um, but I've not been drinking too much in the house because it's been the fringe and it's been a little bit manic, I've been out. Uh, but I've been at Monkey Barrel's Barrel Bar and do you know what, they have a Oddly, it's small but mighty whiskey selection, and I've been drinking quite a bit of the Klein Leash 14 in there. I'm like, I'm the only one getting it, and they give it to you in a plastic cup, but fuck it, it's fine. <laughs> it's, do you know what? It's one of the things we haven't asked as part of this podcast is what is the whiskey served in? We kind of take it for granted it comes in a glass. Maybe this yeah. is like a bonus question we need to add to the repertoire. I'll never forget the, one of the most like amazing drams that I've had uh, was I had a Highland Park 12 on the ferry from Orkney back to the mainland, going past the old man Ahoy. But because it was on the boat, it was in a wee plastic cup and I was steering the deck into the boat looking at that. I was like, this could be so much better. <laughs> Indeed, this could be so much better. Feedback we've had about this podcast. Um, yeah. But no, we are on to episode seven now. I know, right? It's real. This is big time, right? This is, uh, well, actually, the scary thing for me is that it's been you has been supplying the whiskey. We did say that every 10th episode it would be me that supplies the whiskey. So we're pushing up on that. I'm going to have to come up with something decent. Hope you're saving up something special. But yes, into episode seven then. And like we say, it's big time. So we've got one of the big dogs in for this. Very excited to welcome into the Sipping Point Snug, Daniel Sloss. Just come here before we get into this one. The three whiskies that we're having tonight are the Glen Kinchy Distillery Exclusive, the Glen Scotia 25-year-old. By the way, it won World Whiskey of the Year in 2021. And Talisker 10. Yay! Daniel, thank you for joining us here on the sipping point. First of all, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I am uh, doing the uh, Coward's Run of the Fridge. Well, I did the Coward's Run last year. I was going to say that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> What's yeah. What's this year? Yeah, last year was, uh, I think it was 14 days, 11 shows, at some really piss-easy time. I think it was like 6 in the evening, and it was just like work in progress because I was going to be touring it for the next three years, which is something I bitched about. English comedians doing for the entire previous decade yeah. uh, would call them poetry comics, uh, would call anyone that previewed before July a goddamn English coward. Um, <laughs> just lots of, you know, gatekeeping. Yeah. And then, uh, and look, I love this fucking festival, but like performing at it for like 15 years, you realise that you don't get to experience it much as a punter anymore. So this year, because I've just been doing two, I've seen... I think 11 shows so far. And I've not done that since I was like 15, 16. And have you enjoyed being back as a punter? Yes, yes. yes. And it's, I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Um, I struggle to, I try my best to watch my friends' shows during the mm. Fringe because you always want to support your peers and people you like. Uh, you never want to go, you go, only go and see one comedian that you really love during the Fringe because you can only watch one superb show and not hate yourself for the rest of the fucking month. Yep. And even then, when you see someone that good, you still hate. But when you go see your friend shows, one of two things happens. Either uh, because of the ways the industry is set up, and especially this festival set up where we feel that we're in competition with each other, which we're not. We're all working in this. We're all office buddies. Uh, 
your friend show is either amazing and you sit there the entire time going, I didn't work hard enough on my show. This is so much better. I'm a useless piece of shit. They're going to be better than me. And you're like, I'm going to do so much work on my show. And then you never do. Or your friend is a shit show. And now you just know your friend is a shit show. Yeah. And now you have to talk to your friend. Afterwards, you're like, how was that? You're like, uh, you're like yeah, yeah. And it was like, was that, was, that was one of the better ones. You're like, it was? <laughs> was it? Okay. Have you seen anyone good? Yeah, anyone, yes, anyone uh, good? Gareth Waugh. Has oh, his, I saw Waugh's show, yeah. Yeah, it's his, I, think it's, I think it's his best show uh, yet. It's brilliant. Um, and I always find it very exciting because I've been friends with Gareth for ages. I have so many friends who are comedians, obviously. And I would say to you, I... Off stage, all of my comedian friends are funnier than I am. Like I'm probably one of the least funny in my group. Um, yeah, I can relate to that by a by a fair bit. Um, and the only reason I would say I'm more successful as a comedian is one luck, uh, and two because I found you know my voice in banter is my same as my voice in banter on stage. Gareth, for years, has been the funniest person in our fucking friends group, and he just couldn't, he never managed to translate that voice to stage. Right. Kai Humphrey struggled with it for a while. I was like, the second Kai becomes as funny as he is offstage, game over for the fucking rest of us. <laughs> uh, last year was the first time with Gareth show. I'm like, oh, there he is. That's, that's yeah. fucking, that's yeah. Gareth. And then this year, it's it's through and bounds. And it's, I, I love watching comedians progress. I love watching them get better. I love watching my friends finally fucking get into that vein of goodness. Um, I saw Rouge Ashfak, uh, Indian comedian, uh, who was amazing. I went to see her on a fucking whim. I saw Mythos Ragnarok. I got told about that. Oh, it's the fringe and it's the tits. It's a play about the Norse gods performed by professional wrestlers. Yeah. And so obviously all of the fights in the story is just professional wrestling. And Sounds class. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking it's great. Man, if you just, uh, so much of the fringe as well is whatever you go see, it's the performer's responsibility to put on a show and it's the audience's responsibility to surrender to whatever it is, whatever you've, especially during the fringe. Yeah. If you go to your local theatre and they put on something you don't like, fair enough, they curate fucking things, blah, mm. blah, blah. There's a tone there. If you're at the fringe, you have a fucking responsibility to whatever you've gone to see to go and be like, all right, for 10 minutes, I'm going to go f- fully, you get my... And if by 15, they don't have you, then you can sit there and be like, oh, this is crap, yeah. mumble under your breath or whatever. It's, it's the best part of the fringe, let's be honest. And I thought a beautiful sentiment right at the top, we're all in this together. Ultimately, your milkshake might bring the boys to the yard, but ultimately everyone gets the benefit from the boys' pounds. So yes, yeah. bring them in, because well, if there wasn't people here in the first place... Here's what here's why Russell Howard is a better man than I. Uh, I remember about seven years ago, Russell Howard was asked if he would ever do the fringe again. And he said, no, because I'm so successful. If I want to play Edinburgh, I can just play Edinburgh any time of the year. If I go up during the fringe, I'm just taking audience members away from my friends. And at the time, I really, really agreed with that sentiment. I'm like, that's a really honorable thing to do. And then I got older and I got bitter. And 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 in my head, I'm like, if I just plug my friend shows at the end of mine, I'm still I, doing a nice thing. Yeah, and yeah. then I can still make sure none of those dirty English comics get any of my fucking fans. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what about your own growth, though? Like, it would be a mess of us not to speak about absolutely global success. Mm. How has that treated you, and how's your life changed on the back of that? Uh, it's still a very surreal thing to to sort of go through and process. Uh, you know, we did India for the first time this year. We put and and like you you never you never know how big 
you are really right when when you get your Netflix specials. Netflix will never tell you how many people watch your Netflix. Yeah, they specials. don't release any numbers because if you knew that, you could ask for more money yeah. at the next fucking yeah. deal. So yeah. it's that it's just that. So as a performer, when you put your show out, man, the feedback, especially from Dark and Jigsaw, which I didn't realize at the time, became two very cult things just because one was speaking about death and disability yeah. and the other was speaking about toxic relationships. And uh, a lot, even though I just thought they were perfectly fine shows, they really resonated with a large amount of people to a degree that I didn't expect. And we get all these new Twitter followers and all these social media followers. And you're like, okay, well, we're on tour now. Let's add some shows. Normally we would play a 500-seater what do we do? Do we go up to a 3,000 seater or do we add like another 500? And because you're conservative and smart, you go, we'll add another 500. And then that would sell out instantly. And you're yeah. like, but what does that mean? Does that mean there's 5,000 people waiting for a ticket? Or does that mean there's 1,000 people waiting? Or none? Or did we just get the 1,000 yeah, most, yeah. most keen people in Copenhagen? Um, and what it meant was the tour I was doing was it became too long. It became too stressful. I fucking lost my mind. It was very much the stereotypical, all of my dreams came true, and my diamond shoes were too tight, and I hated myself for not enjoying all my success. Um, and then I'm now I'm just filled with a constant fucking fear that I'm sure we all are, which is, you know, imposter syndrome and when is this going to be taken away? And, you know, India sold out within, we, we sold out just under, just under 6,000 tickets in eight minutes. That's fucking in, nuts. <laughs> it's bonkers. <laughs> it's insane. fucking insane, right? And and to go there and, and and get to do it and to, you know, and we were treated like the Beatles there. They've, they've got yeah. a very weird celebrity culture not many people have done stand-up over there right no we asked them uh, if we asked them if any other white comedians had played india before and they said yeah russell peters (laughs) 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 um for those who don't know he's a canadian comic of uh i think he's second generation indian yeah yeah uh he uh oh man and we just had to choose in fucking istanbul and those are you know Sold out, and it, man, it's it's it's. I still cannot process it. I'm. I still make sure to be like, and it's very easy to be grateful in these places when you go out and you, you know, you're you're one of the first across the line, the first to play these places. Like it's a real mm. special fucking thing. Um, but I would be lying <laughs> if I said like, but I go to. I've played Russia. I've played Japan. Yeah. I play Singapore. You know, I've done fucking Iceland, and then I come back to England, and they're I've like done Iceland as well. Just, just yeah, so. yeah. yeah I've done Iceland. I was in Iceland in, uh, in June. Yeah. Which where did you play? The National Theatre. Oh uh, fuck yeah! The basement of it. The, yeah, the, I, I know the club. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the club, but I, I've, that was also my first ever Icelandic gig. Was in that tiny little room downstairs. Fuck! I think you might have actually performed with my pal B on that. B Babylon's my yes. for it. Yeah, I, I, I think. Oh. She's talked. She's talked about it before because she was like, "Oh yeah, Daniel came over to Iceland, and I was one of the few comedians doing stand up in in English at the time. It was like me, Snyog, and Ariel John. Yes, Ariel John. Yeah. Yes, I, I definitely would have uh, met her then. That was when me and Kai had such a like to watch people do comedy in another language is actually a really enjoyable experience, even if you don't speak the language. Because if you love comedy, you understand like the rhythm. The beats, yeah, yeah. So and 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 it's still it's still funny because you're hearing the comedians da, 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 and then there's a punchline and then the audience laughs and me and Kai find ourselves just sitting in the crowd laughing at like just with the audience because laughter is infectious and then Ari Eljarn 
uh, he's doing this entire fucking routine in Icelandic, and he and at the end of it, there's one f- sentence in English he does. He does this five minute routine, and at the end he goes, "Yo, motherfucker, I'm a flower," and the audience <laughs> lost their mind, like near the standing ovation, crying with laughter, applauding, people falling off the chair, and me and Kai just sat there going, "What on earth is the setup to that joke?" Because you just said there's there's two English speaking comics here that aren't going to know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say someone in English later on, yeah. and I'll say this. And when I say it in English, you lose your fucking mind. Don't confuse them. <laughs> that 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 was Kai's thing. That was like there's the yeah. only way. The only way that's the case. Um, for three years, I I kept saying I'm like let's not ask him because the truth will just upset us. Yeah, like it'll never be as funny as as all the things. And three years later, I've met him in Melbourne and while drunk, because I told him the story and he found it so funny and he was like, I can tell you the joke if you want. And I was like, go on then. And it was like when Sylvester Stallone took off Dredd's helmet and just fucking ruined the whole... <laughs> you were like, oh, man, was I didn't need to... That wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> you know, you got to be like Carl Urban. you got to keep it on. That's why he's yeah. the better Dredd. He, he understands <laughs> yeah. the fucking character. There's respect there for it. None of us want to see the face. Let's turn to whiskey then. International traveller. Yes. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of drinks after gigs as well and things like that. How much does whiskey play a part in that for you? Only in the past five or six years, maybe maybe a bit longer. When, for when I first started gigging in uh, America, mm. uh, which was like after I'd done a couple of Conan spots, I was able to do the clubs out there and stuff. Um I would say in those clubs, twenty to th- anywhere to twenty to fifty members of the crowd, percent of the crowd are there to actually see me because they've yeah. seen me, and the other fifty percent are just people that are there for the fucking comedy club. And Americans love stereotypes because stereotypes exist in America. Yeah, because there's three hundred million of them. So even the most racist stereotype you can think up about any fucking race in the world, seven of those minimum exist in America. Yeah, <laughs> I have walked down the street in America in New York, and I've heard somebody yell out, "Hey, I'm walking here to a taxi." Great. If you like, I've said this before. I've said it in my fucking book. If we were to walk around Scotland outside of the fringe, you would really, really struggle to find a man in a kilt uh, playing bagpipes, drinking whiskey with yeah. a fucking full Scottish breakfast and a heroin needle hanging yeah. out of his arm because that's a stereotype. Yeah. yeah. All of those things exist yeah. separately, but they never really amount to the one person. Yeah, it's not. How, off the top of your fucking head, how many men alone in Florida right now are wearing a full American flag, shorts and a shirt, oh right? Sitting on a porch with a gun, drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon and saying something racist. How many? Just off the top of your head. About a million probably. It's at least, at least a fucking million. At least a fucking million. <laughs> Any stereotype you think exists, you're like, I would be awful if I were to say this out the man. We, my American friend, who I will point out is a woman of color. Whenever she drives me anywhere in LA, she has a game co- about bad drivers called Women or Asian. <laughs> And I'm like, that's the most repulsive thing I've ever heard. She goes, Asian. And we look up and I'm like, okay, sorry. I forgot I lived in the country of actual stereotypes. Uh, and if you are listening to us from Florida, we know you're not one of those racists in there. Yeah, it's the other Floridians. It's, yeah, it's the yeah. guy next door that's doing it, not you, not yeah. you. And also, if you're from Florida or America in general, your whiskey's shit, and I'm here to talk about it. Excellent. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> saying things like that to them. Oh. This is a can of worms that we haven't yet opened, but I definitely have feels when it comes to it. Um, but So five, six years you've got into whiskey. Where did it start for you? So I'm at these comedy clubs, and after the show, people want to buy you fucking drinks. I hate beer. I've always hated fucking beer. My, my palate... 
before I was 27 was that of a 75-year-old widowed woman who wore like a Dalmatian <laughs> shirt and definitely... Drinking sherry. Borderline. I, red, <laughs> red wine, gin and tonics. Okay. I was partial to a port. Like, oh, nice. I love a port, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in America, they was like, you're Scottish. You got to like Scotch. You're Scottish. You must. And I'm like, I don't like Scotch. It's not my favorite thing. And they just... The, and America would give you fucking huge measurements. Oh, God, yeah. So it was just so, I was getting so much of this stuff that I was like, I might as well get into it. And I had like, not family pressure to get into it, but uh, my granddad, who uh, now has Alzheimer's and no longer enjoys uh, whiskey, back when he did, uh, my favorite ever story about him, and I don't know how true it is, and unfortunately, I can't ask him how true it is anymore yeah. <laughs> because he's got Alzheimer's. Yeah. Uh, he... Uh, was a forensic scientist uh, for the East Kilbride uh, Police. Uh, from that job, he got an OBE from the Queen, but we'll forgive him for being a fucking Tory. Um, <laughs> he would, my grandmother was a teacher, they had three young daughters. Um, at the end of every week, my granddad would get his pay packet and it would be cash in a fucking envelope because this is the 60s. And he would go out with the other people from the force and he would go to the pubs around the East Kilbride in Glasgow and he would go to any bartender, he'd go, give me any finger of any whiskey. And if I can tell you the year, uh, the, where it's from, mm. and the cask, uh, you have to give me two fingers for free. Right? So obviously the bartender would be like, great. And he'd pick something fucking easy. And my granddad would be like, well, that's obviously from Isla. Um, that's going to be 10 years old. And that's just an oak cask. And the guy would pour. And then it... And that would just continue. And he would start picking more obscure ones, more random ones. And my granddad, just this fucking nose, would get every single one of them. He'd get home at like three or four in the morning, blind drunk, loudly stumbling in. And my grand would go through to admonish him and be like, you fucking spent all the payback on booze. And he would hand her an unopened envelope <laughs> with yeah. all of the money. That's some skill, because I'm terrible at this. Uh, I, every single week, I have a shot at punting out a region, or even at the distillery sometimes, I've got an idea about this one. I love it. I love it. This is, um, this, but I've never got it right. The foundations of this podcast is exactly around that. And the, the levels of accuracy are wildly, so they're just wild. Yeah. Um, expectations have clearly been set already, though, because if it runs in the family, the, the nose. See what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. This well, is I mean, I've play. certainly got the fucking size of the nose for it. Jesus, that's. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Look, but well, let's go with that. Let's it it with was it. either whiskey, a sommelier, or a coke addict. Yeah. And thankfully, I've gone through all three. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what was the whiskey? Do you remember the first one that you had where you kind of went, oh, God, actually, I've been wrong? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always say the. And I and I do not mean this as a as a slur to the fucking whiskey, but I would say the perf the two perfect beginner whiskies for if you are like me and you're like I really want to like whiskey because I get called English all the time and I'm so desperate to be Scottish yeah. and be accepted by my fucking peers and the way to do that is to drink alcohol. Uh, Jura and Monkey Shoulder are okay. two of the smoothest, and, and I one think of which I'll agree with, and the other is a bag of shit. <laughs> uh, can I, can I, can I guess that it's Monkey Shoulder? You think it's a piece of shit? No, I like Monkey Shoulder just fine. You think Jura's a piece I of like shit? Jura. You don't like any of the Juras? Well, actually, we had a thing. He's lying. You, you stitch yourself up. Uh, spoiler alert! If you're listening to this before any of the other ones, uh, in an episode with Scott Wilson, who the voice of Hearts in Time Castle, uh, I got three whiskies that had all spent time in a rum cask mm -hmm. the jura rum being one of them that we picked up on the amazon prime day because it was cheap as chips so great before at the very start of the podcast angus proclaims oh that one that we got that jura 
crap. That won't be getting drunk. Yeah, it sits in the house, sits on the shelf, give it to guests when they come around. Oh, yeah. I don't like it, it's bad. He then blind tastes it on this podcast and proceeds to say that if this is the supermarket, because one of these is always a supermarket yeah. one, if this is the one you can get at a supermarket, it's probably the best supermarket one we've had so far. So this is it. <laughs> take away the name, take away the knowledge of what's in your glass and you're coming in cold, right? I, it changes everything. Yes. I, 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 by the way, I'm, it's so excruciatingly embarrassing, especially with whiskey, to get those things wrong. <laughs> I signed up to a whiskey club during COVID uh, just because I want to get given a bottle of whiskey every fucking month. Yeah. And uh, the first one, they smashed out of the fucking park. I couldn't believe it. It was uh, It was called 1774. It was a Glasgow one. Yep. It's uh, got great rep. I haven't had it yet. So many people talking about it. Is it malt or is that grain? I think it's malt. Okay. Um, it was, and for the the bottle was really beautiful. Yes, um, I, I I really enjoyed it. I loved it, and I'm like, it's quite an Art Deco bottle, by the way. It looks it's very got that kind striking. Of, what's it? The, it's like Charles Charles Rennie Macintosh. Yeah, the type of thing that if you were to throw it out, your missus would be like, "Don't throw that out. Yeah. I'm going to put fairy lights in yeah, it, and yeah, we're going to." That's a lamp. It's yeah, a lamp yeah, 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 yeah. Um, loved it. The second one they sent out was called. The English. Oh, Colin talked about this one. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you ha- don't get me wrong. Fair enough. People are allowed to try new things. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I, I have a lot of very jokey anti-English sentiment and I've got to make sure that the joke of that doesn't actually bleed into my actual personality because I've got English relatives and friends who I love very dearly, yeah. but I do like shitting on oh, all of those south of the border. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I'm not drinking this piece of shit and I didn't think it tasted that fucking great and I complained about it and then they sent a third whiskey which was Danish and I'm like, okay, th- f- f- give me some Scottish ones. <laughs> give me, like, I know yeah. these are new distilleries and I support that, but give me some where it's from and then the fourth one was a limited edition bottle of the English again and I'm like, I'm <laughs> fucking done with these cunts. <laughs> so I've had those two bottles of the English sat in my fucking bar at home. I had friends up and they were talking to me about whiskey and I'm like, oh, there's two English ones there and I think they're shite and they're like, do you know think the English will ever be get good at whiskey? And I'm like, in the same way that the Scots will never get good at football. We're talking about we're the best national team in the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to win the Euros. <laughs> that is true. We are going to win the Euros. That is a, and that is an objective we fact. Shit away to it. Yeah. And yeah. we talked about it with Colin, right? I definitely think a challenge for this podcast is over time try and find a good English whiskey because I haven't had yeah. the Bamber's the closest to decent, and I I wouldn't naturally just come down hard on it. I haven't had a huge amount, though. I, the Yorkshire one that I seems can, to be getting some good it, things said about it. But, yeah. Uh, I met someone the other day who... Uh, so, he works... I can't remember what his job is in whiskey, but I think it's like in you know investing and finding people for investors. He goes up to new breweries, so oh. distilleries and stuff. And I wasn't listening. I was just listening to him talk about whiskey. And I was doing my standard anti-English, they'll never be able to do whiskey sort of sentiment. And he was like, he was like, dreadful news for you, just to let you know. He was, he's from Venezuela. Um, he learned to distill rum over there. He came over here because he loves whiskey, got into that. He was like, in the next 10 years or less than, you are going to see some Real unbelievably exceptional risk whiskey coming out of England. He says to keep an eye out for the following ones. Uh, the Oxford Artisan Distillery is like the one where apparently a lot of the best stuff. And I think these next two ones are Scottish ones. I just hadn't heard of them before, but I imagine you will have. Uh, Caninvi? No. Or uh, Arbicky. 
And then the other one he's told me that was really good, was more popular, is a Welsh whiskey. I've never had Penderin. Yeah, yeah we've had so it on. I've heard Penderin's really good. So we the, had the Penderin Portwood. Yeah, um, that's the one he said was, was really, really nice. Good. Yeah, so, I think I had that win. Yes. On the episode of- and so there's the, you can get some of the Penderins. Um, um, there's one that you can get in Waitrose, right? Yeah. It's pretty run of the mill. And it's okay. It's all right. But actually, the Portwood. Really good. Gave to you and Jamie Borthwick, uh, and you both picked it out is probably your favourite. Yeah. Um, against two other Scottish whiskies. The thing with it, though, it, this is the, sure, they might make some really nice Japan makes some lovely whiskey. Do they make better whiskey in Scotland? Sometimes, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Are they ever going to have the romanticism, the the mythology around it that Scottish whiskey has? I don't think so. No, like, I don't. I, I don't think so, too. But it's just, for me, it's like... Um, you know the day. You know the day that your kid first beats you at football. Genuinely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh fuck. And then we wrote the world's meant to progress. So the more people that enjoy whiskey, the better. And again, I if I take the fucking if I take the words English whiskey out of my head and replace it with uh, young entrepreneurs who are distilling with passion to make yep. something they fucking love in a part of the country I hate, then it's more, <laughs> then it's, it's much easier to stomach. I just, I just need to get past my own personal biases because look, I love, I love whiskey and, and I love, I've had, I've had Indian whiskey. It's mm. not yeah. good. There's only no. one, but it's, but it's their only one and yeah. they're, you know, they're trying. Um, well, it's on Irish whiskey. N- uh, now, I, uh, you will not get English people. If you're listening to this, you will not get this apology in the future, regardless of what happens to the Irish people. I badmouthed your whiskey for three years, mainly because I lived with an Irishman. Yeah, yeah. I lived with Ryan Cullen, who's been on this podcast. We drink lots of whiskey together, and I, we just insult each other about our nationalities. Yep. Um, and I would regularly tell him that Irish whiskey was shitter than Scottish whiskey because it is. Um, I would say it was better than American whiskey, yep. but I would always be like, there is a gulf between Scottish whiskey and Irish whiskey. Then I did uh, the Galway Comedy Festival, and there is a very lovely comedy fan who I'm sure will harass you at some point in the future called Anne-Marie. She loves comedy and she loves whiskey. Her backstage gift to me and Kai was 10 mini bottles of Irish whiskeys with the tasting notes with where it was from. And gift? Oh, man. I was so desperate for... Three, three of them to be good and for me to go there yeah. you go seven, seven of them were pretty fucking shit but three were good oh fuck they were all good <laughs> like I I, th- I think there was one that like wasn't brilliant and it was just it, and that was a bit more to the word the American it had that that sweetness to yeah. it and a lot of time Irish whiskey does have that and it's the sweetness I don't enjoy like I don't know if it's a Scottish thing but like whiskey should hurt a bit mm-hmm. it should always has to we were talking who was I speaking to I was speaking to Nelson about this literally about 25 minutes before I got here bumped into Mark the Nelson the most Scottish street. man in the world doesn't fucking like whiskey well that's it because I asked him he was like because he was asking well about the podcast and I was like well if you drink whiskey we'd love to have you on he's like oh, I don't really drink whiskey I was like I think there are future episodes we could do introducing people to whiskey I think it'd be yeah, class yeah. on that the only time I've ever seen Mark Nelson drink a whiskey was uh, when Scotland uh, went through on penalties to oh, qualify yeah, yeah. for the Euros I opened up a Lafroig 18 
Oh, what an introduction. Great, great. <laughs> Good Lord. Would, I don't know. That's your first one. That would put you off. Oh, you man. <laughs> that, that's, that is the, that, that's not throwing your child into the deep end. That's yeah. tying them up in a bag yeah. with a cat <laughs> and throwing them in the fucking Thames. Like, it's really brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but- because here's the thing, the weird thing is, as much as I like the, I, I, I love a smooth whiskey. I, I mean, I, I really do like Monkey Shoulder. I would drink it repeatedly. I fucking love Laphroaig. And I yeah. think it's because my, I think it's my grandfather's favorite whiskey. Mm. Um, and because like, especially when I started t- tasting whiskey, the fact that he could enjoy that fucking intense flavor to get through that to genuinely, yeah. I always just thought it was a, Somebody's trying to act fucking hard. Well, Freud's easily my favourite of the, the Isle whiskeys. Yeah. Um, I love Ardbeg and I love I love them all, to be honest. But is Kali- is Kalila? Kalila, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Kalila's my dad's favourite. Yes, my... But Freud's probably mine. My best friend, Jean, her, she loves all the ones from there, but she's like, a Kalila is her absolute dream dram. And 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 I, I love a Kalila. I love the smoky fucking stuff. But that's when I'm like... That's what I'm proud about my whiskey drinker. I'm like, I wouldn't have called myself a whiskey drinker until I was like, I could do half a bottle of Laphroaig Lefro- <laughs> comfortably myself. That's when you start getting into that, and you do because it's a different hangover you get. Um, oh yeah, I was. We've been chatting separately about how do we do follow up podcasts? How do we get guests back on? Because it's obviously right, a very particular conversation. I think. Daniel Sloss and a half bottle of Lefroig is a podcast waiting <laughs> to happen. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll yeah, just yeah. talk about whatever we comes don't to hit record yeah. until the half bottle's gone. <laughs> or, or just get, because, I mean, this podcast is obviously going to bring in like-minded people from hopefully around the globe. Hopefully, many mm-hmm. of those people mm-hmm. uh, will turn out to be from our southern neighbour. If anyone wishes to fucking correct me, I am always willing to correct my opinion We've on whiskey. We've said this, most of our, most biggest, of our listeners are in England. Most of our listeners are in England. Are they? Yep. Well, I, then, then I guarantee there's nothing more. Those feisty cunts will want more <laughs> than to prove than to prove this bitter, angry, angry half English Scotsman. Angry, Let's pretend I was going for Anglo there and not just slurring my words. <laughs> One dram in. So, what about your dream dram? Then you've talked about Lafroy. Is it Lafroy? If you're building your ultimate whiskey experience. Is it Lefroig in the glasses? It's something else. No, 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 it's not. I, okay. I, I love a Lefroig. A Lefroig will always remind me of my grandfather. It will always remind me of my uncle. Uh, and I will enjoy that a lot. But given everything I just fucking said about how much I love Scottish whiskey, uh, the, the Japanese are making moves, man. <sighs> I this is the first time. First time. Coming. You mentioned Japan right at the top, actually. Yeah. We didn't drill in. We've missed our opportunity there, Angus. We need to raise our game. So it's a Japanese whiskey that's in the glass. I, I fucking, I'm really, really partial to a lot of, I think if, I think most coming out of Suntory is, is, yeah. is borderline exceptional. The Nika uh, from the barrel, the little square <laughs> bottle is exceptional yeah. as well. Um, and they're, they're the basic Suntory, the Suntory that you can buy in fucking Saintsbury's yeah, is right. as good as Monkey Shoulder and, yep. and Jura as a big, and uh, another beginner's whiskey I'd highly recommend. Um, we went to Tokyo, uh, uh, several years ago and I had found like a I had a routine about the Japanese getting good at whiskey in my show and I was like I've got to go find out just how fucking good they are I've tried it here I've tried the Nika balls there's this place in Tokyo I cannot for the fucking life of me remember it it's a street of and this is an exaggeration 150 bars but each bar has a capacity of maximum 
eight people. Oh wow! Minimum. Do you four. drink in the street? No. All right. Okay. No, so no, it's not no. like it's not like Bourbon Street in New Orleans where mm. everyone's just wandering for bar. No, bar. no, no. This is very much you and your friends, whoever you are, walk into this tiny little bar. The guy or the gal will walk out from probably where they live behind there, just up some fucking stairs, and they'll they've just got whiskey, 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 and you just sit there. They pour it. They fuck off. And as and I I I, I cannot remember the name of any of the whiskeys I was trying. I was like, I'm going to take lots of photos, and I did take lots of photos, and then I dropped my phone, and it broke, and. So I don't have any thoughts anymore. Um, but it was I, I sat there and there and there and the, to be fair to them, they had an unbelievable Scottish selection in each yeah. of these places as well. Like it was I think you're probably a bit like we've talked about this when you're away. Do you go for Scotch though? Like I drink so much bourbon in America, even though I don't like it that much. No, no, I'd never let the Americans win. I, I've got, I've got, I've got my favorite thing in the fucking world is going up to an American bar where there's a lot of whiskey on display and be like, do you have any real whiskey? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's my absolute. And then sometimes in comedy clubs, will be like, sure, and it'll be famous grouse. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a. I give the bite you on the ass, didn't it? <laughs> sorry to interrupt the questions. I just have a question for you two as whiskey lovers. And if we need to cut this out because it might ruin any future ad advertising potential um who the fuck do johnny walker think they are Bless and it. what a marketing campaign they've had for the past four years to try and convince us that they're not just famous grouse with bells on <laughs> well, i think red would be that i one. didn't even mean that pun there that was a real that was a surprisingly good i'm devis i shouldn't have said anything <laughs> fuck so have have you ever had Johnny Walker Blue? No, no, no. It's too. fucking exceptional. Is it? It's All right, really okay, good. Okay, I'm gonna make you buy me one after this and find out if that's fucking true. I am. Um, He's got it in his back. No, he doesn't. Do you fuck? No, he doesn't. There's no fucking. <laughs> Right, okay, so we'll be doing a bonus a, uh, extra drama on this part. There was a guy that was it came to my show the other day um, who worked at the Johnny Walker Experience. I'd met him in the Guild of Balloons, like, Gardens Up at TV. Yeah. Uh, steaming drunk. This was the worst. I got home at four o'clock in the morning, and the next two days, the gigs were the worst gigs I've ever done. He came the next day when I was hungover as fuck, and he gave me that at the end. I was like, thank you so much for giving me that at the end, because if you'd given me it at the start, <laughs> I would have had to do a bit with it. I would have drank it on stage, <laughs> and I would have vomited. Yeah. And I would have known that as I was opening, I'd be like, I'm going to spew when I do this. And everyone would have laughed. And then I would have drank it. And then I would have spewed on them. Um, but yeah, he gave that to me as a little gift. Um, so he works at Johnny Walker. And he was like, That's it. and so it's good. Because right, so the, the re here's, here's where my ire comes from. Like I was touring constantly. So I was only ever back in Edinburgh for like a fucking week at a time. And obviously during that time, I just want to spend it with my family and the people I love. I remember coming back into fucking Princess Street at one point, and there's just this big fucking Johnny Walker shop. Like, oh, it's the experiences. Like, like Scotland's M&M store. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, yeah. and to me, and to me, and, and I'm happy to be proven wrong with whiskey. I'm like, fucking, the thing that is, to me, just above Bells and Famous Grouse. Is Johnny Walker. Is Johnny Walker. Like, it's, 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 because it's, it's just such a, because it's such a big brand to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, for me, like, you, only recently have I ever seen Lefroig advertised in America. Yeah. Whereas I could, fucking 10 years ago, I was seeing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's just the expansion of it. I was like, there's no way this is so good. The You're just single doing malts becoming this bigger thing over there. But the biggest whiskey seller in the world is going to be your blends still. That's J&B, Johnny Walker, Cutty Sark, uh, 
Bell's Black Bottle. Mm. And I have space for blends. I like blends. We we did blends last week. And isn't there also, yeah, isn't, also the, isn't also the thing that single malts are also all just blends anyway, or is that just an urban Well, it's, you could get blended single malts, um, but it's not classed as a blend because it's malt from the same distillery and therefore they're mixing So it's different casks. So it's different ah, casks, but to it's make the same it, spirit to make done it consistent. in the same way. And basically they're adjusting the flavors, but still single malt, uh, single malt whiskey because so it's, it's from the same distillery yeah, yeah. it's multi-cask um, uh, well I'm gonna so yeah so yeah. monkey shoulder is a uh, blended do you malt. mind go for it. for it I want a bit of it though absolutely absolutely <laughs> now briefly before you drink this I need your thoughts on oh, yes, of prejudice course. of number one no no it's fine you dress for you um I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, perfect introductory uh, whiskey to this. I thought it was uh, very smooth. It had a slight bit of, uh, I wouldn't even say penis, but I would say more of a smokiness to it. Um, and and, and I, I'm gonna, was it Japanese by any chance? Nope. It was not, just no. because there was something about the yeah. smoothness of it where I was like, the, uh, here's one thing I have to get better at. The, in Japan, the Japs don't mind if you call them Japs, right? Yeah, right. No, no, man, but they've got other problems. And also, yeah. they're busy hating the Chinese. <laughs> they've got no idea we're racist to them, right? They, 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 it's just the, you know, they fucking despise each other. They've got their own We thing. don't mind getting called Scots. No, no. no. But, but. Yeah, 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 it's got a negative yeah. connotation to history, but yeah, yeah. yeah but that's, that's the yeah, thing yeah. that's annoying me. Because, because. Because of World War Two yeah. and because of the slurs that have come from that, I can't use the shortened term because I, I love saying Jap whiskey because it's just faster. It's yeah, just yeah. Fa- but people will go, Ugh. and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't learn that term in a concentration camp. I wasn't in a POW camp. My granddad didn't tell me anything about fucking Vietnam and get it wrong like this. I, I'm just saying Japs because it's easier and it's funnier to say Scots, Celts, yeah. Yeah. I. Yanks, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A cunts for the English, <laughs> like it's all. <laughs> Our audience is dropping by the minute. By the way, Angus, I don't know. We're gonna. I've got a story back to be told yeah. off mic in a moment. <laughs> um, I, f- I feel like any Englishman that enjoys whiskey this much will be more than used to <laughs> some slightly debrated Scottish man giving him shtick. Uh, Angus, anything you want to add on I round it was number one? Incredibly smooth, uh, yeah. really drinkable. You could drink a lot of that. I'm thinking Spaceside. Okay. So I'm not getting any smoke from it at all. Okay. Um, but I'm thinking Space Eddie. I'd go as far as to say Ben Riach. <laughs> oh, this is the one. So you think it's a Ben Riach? Okay. I'm okay. not. I'm wrong. I know. I'm That's always fine. wrong. But well, we'll find out at the end. But there you go. Okay. Bonus. Bonus dram now. I wasn't expecting. We know what's yeah, in the glass yeah, here. Johnny the, Walker Blue. The Johnny Walker guy. Thank you to the person that gave this to. Oh, wish I could remember his name uh, before. Guess, on Instagram and. Uh, and if anyone at Johnny Walker does want to advertise with this podcast, we would welcome you with open arms. Part of the much bigger. I mean, this is an expensive group. one as well. Like, I mean, this is mm. a full size bottle of Johnny Walker Blue is coming in at about what 190 quid or something like that. Oh boy, really? Oh wow. Okay. I mean, I, look. I mean, it, 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 it's in it's in no way awful. Yeah. <laughs> we briefly touched on this last time. What I find the difference between blends and singles, and I cannot, and I don't know if this is real or if it's just in my head, and I immediately go there a single malt for me has a particular flavor profile that you feel you get mm-hmm. smoothness you get yeah. that introduction you get something that really stands out above everything else with a blend you get a bing bang bong bong and it is the difference between 
just having a bit of steak on your fork or having steak and mashed potato and a bit of peppercorn sauce and a bit of onion and, so, and a chip as well. And that is a, the king's mouthful. Yeah. Fine, you will fill your mouth and you'll get all those flavors, but you're losing the steak. You lose yeah. the quality of the steak, which is the thing in there above mm. all the other things that's worth the money. And for me, blends hit too many parts of my mouth and I just get too many things going on. And I'm like, I, it tastes great. But I don't know what it is. Um, so I love the blue. I like the green as well. The green, the, the Johnny Walker green. Malt. That yeah, that's their only blended malt, so there's no grain alcohol in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I'd, I'd, I'd obviously rather have single malt than. Uh, oh yeah, I'd rather have single cast. To be honest, that's my, my all-time favorite. I'm going to make a prediction, and I could be totally wrong because we might get someone that's quite new to this. I don't think in any of these podcasts anyone will pick a blend for their dream drama, and I could be wrong. I don't think anyone will choose a blended malt. Don't imagine they would. No. Oh. And it'll be interesting. How many episodes do we go in before somebody does it? Um, we will we'll do a bet off air and figure that one out. Yeah. But yeah, grand. Okay, so we know what's in the glass then. Here's something I want to talk to you about, though, because we we normally ask for a dream dram, but you touched on there twice, both in Ireland and in Japan, you had a great experience of just tasting multiple things. Mm-hmm. So typically we ask for a dream dram. Would you like to open that? Would you like to have a... Japanese flight of whiskies you've no idea what they're called yes but you just want to taste them yes absolutely um I want to especially like you know the the story I always heard about the Japanese when they started to make whiskey was that they obviously came over to learn it from the Scottish distillers and they wanted to keep it so close to the original recipe that they imported Scottish water and barley and that yeah because that's what the recipe said, right? And that's such a thing that's inherent in Japanese culture, which is if we're going to do something, we're going to become the best. You talk to any proper foodie in the world, and they will tell you that the best pizza you will ever have in your life is from Japan. The best barbecue you will ever have in your life is from yeah. Japan. The best steak you ever have in your life from Japan. The best spa- the best fucking Chinese food you ever have in your life will be from <laughs> fucking Japan. Because what happens is one Japanese person goes, I like this thing. I'm going to get very, very good it and I'm going to make the next 10 generations of my family do it under pain of me haunting them yeah. for the rest of my fucking life and and they are just meticulous and and passionate and and so, so I would I would trust the Japanese if I was to what and I did go into these bars I would go give me fucking whatever you recommend whatever you do Fine. and I trust you beautiful I think yeah. that's perfect we've got a flight of Japanese uh, different whiskies selected by someone that knows what they're doing, and much more than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, man, I, you know, much like the enjoyment of this podcast, I like drinking whiskey and talking fucking shit. But I also <laughs> yeah. really like listening, drinking whiskey. Whiskey is a drink that you can listen to people with. Yeah, like I don't. And my wife will argue this because she'll tell you that when I'm whiskey drunk, I don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just whiskey drunk though, or is that? Oh no, it's, it's, it's probably just me. It's probably just a fucking big problem. Um, but yeah, I, I think like if it, you know, to sit down and and be given a flight of whiskeys while somebody explained them to me for fifteen minutes, I'd be like, I can. Beautiful. Come. Yeah, it's great. Perfect. Right, we know what's in the glasses. We need to pour out the second dram, and we'll move on to where we're going to drink it. So we know what's in the glasses, but where are we going to drink it? So Daniel, you can pick anywhere in the world. Now, you've already talked so highly of being in Japan and that Japanese experience. Maybe the this flight is also in Japan. 
caveat, this is a dream experience. You can bring that Japanese knowledge anywhere in the world with you. Yeah. So the person serving you does not need to be in Japan, but they can be someone from there. Where in the world do you want to be as you're drinking these drums? I mean, I've got, I've, got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got several different answers to this. I mean, first and foremost, most of the time, like, at home, uh, would, is always because I drink whiskey on stage and I drink whiskey on the road, but there's something very special about, like, you know, once the kid is in bed and once the house is tidied and once everything's done, I've just been, like, be able to, like, sit down and snuggle your partner and the second you pour a whiskey, they sit away from you because they want to fucking smell it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, I mean, the, the 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 whiskey street in Japan is spectacular, and I will endeavour to go there several more times. I'll not put it as my favourite fucking place. Um, I went to the oh no, I was no, that would be a hack answer. I was going to say Grand Canyon because I was at the Grand Canyon this year, and I smoked a joint up there, and that was pretty good. Um, but Which then, state were you in then? And was that a no, totally uh, illegal thing to do? Or was uh, that Vegas, a, Vegas. Vegas, all good. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, Vegas, all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking bought it off the helicopter from the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we got up there. Nobody was there. We ended up fucking just smoking a spliff over there at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and when you're, and, and look, and the thing about the Grand Canyon is people can describe it to you and tell you all about it. But it's one of those things that until you see it, it's, you know, it's like looking up at the universe on a night where it's fully fucking clear in the Highlands and you just go, oh, I don't matter a single thing. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, looking at this, the fact that I matter to seven people is actually more than enough and very impressive. Yeah. Um, but for my fucking ultimate fuck, I'm going I'm to say, I'm going to say on stage, um, I'm, and I'm not going to say in a particular venue, but I'm going to say there's something special. It's happened to me quite a few times on tour where we've played venues that we never in our wildest dreams ever thought we would ever get to play. And we've gone on stage afterwards to just, while everyone's taking things down, to have like our whiskey. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, to do that, like the Sydney Opera House was pretty fucking special. Okay, yep. um, I got to do it at the Playhouse. The I was going to say, like, the Playhouse, that must have been quite a spectacular. Like, it's almost like because. It's like your home theater. Mm -hmm. um, oh man, the fucking the armadillo was a big one, you know. Yeah, a place where you know where, where we all grew up watching fucking bridges play. Oh, saying that, um, I might tell the story off. Go on, uh, do it now. Do it now. We'll cut it. <laughs> I can almost listen to it. Um, these people aren't going to do it, but Gary Folds had a show at the armadillo, and he invited uh, last year's now she's doing really well for herself now, but she's an open spot, you know, to open for him. And I was like, that's like really happy for her, but the same time I was a bit like. I could have fucking done yeah. Yeah. because the armadillo that's where I went to my first ever class. I saw fucking Motorhead oh, the yeah. that was my first ever gig Motorhead supported by Anthrax and yeah that's how, that's quite a big like kind of dream venue to play but imagine you do things like the Playhouse Sydney Opera House um, man we did I played the I've got a thing with my son where I just make sure that he gets pictures on like famous stages so that in yeah. the future he's like why don't you take me anywhere and I'm like fucking cunt you've been everywhere <laughs> yeah. um, and I've got the photos and social media to prove it you've not been on holiday for seven years um, <laughs> we I got to have a fucking drama on stage at the Bata Clan as in wow. Paris where the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. definitely thing happened um, uh, there's just something for me like to for, for so often in my career because when things blew up I really regret that there was an 18-month, two-year period where I was not appreciating what was happening in my life because cool. it was just so stressful and I was homesick and all these other things. And I just 
I didn't get to really appreciate how amazing what was currently happening to me was. Mm. And I think the amazing thing about whiskey is it's, and listen to this, Americans, it's not something you shot. <laughs> it's something you drink yeah. slowly yes. and allows you to take in, like if you have a good whiskey that you really like and you take even just five or 10 minutes out to drink it, it will solidify that memory in your fucking head. Yep. Uh, and in a really positive way. Well, what talked about that on episode one, Garth Wall was talking about how they were in Croatia, him and his uh, his partner were in Croatia, and it was sunset, and he was looking out over the city, and he was like, I'm having a whiskey. And she was like... He was on a kayak a outside kayak. Dubrovnik. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, just, she was like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I just really want to have a whiskey here. I think this would be really nice. Yeah. And this and that stuck with it, you know? It's, it's like, it's, I, I think a whiskey is a, a Scottish person slash uh, alcoholics, just little click for a photo yeah. in their head. Like if you pick the right whiskey where you're not drinking heaps of whiskey, but you can just separate out, like I'm going to have a whiskey in this special moment. It just goes click there. I'll always remember the first time I drank Lafleur with my granddad. Mm. It was fucking 20... Uh, oh god I'm going to say 2014 Christmas like all previous Christmases I'd never fucking drank it I was there we poured a glass together we sat and we spoke mm. for 10 minutes about whiskey and everything I think it's a really nice way to snapshot it the yeah. plus side of that is if you drink seven more that's just your way of like that's an etch a sketch yeah, like yeah. that's when whiskey becomes like hey <laughs> so when Christmases change as well when you suddenly find that you can consume that from two o'clock onwards and nobody asks questions you're like oh, two o'clock you fucking you can, you can do whiskey at 2 p.m. I would be calling you out at 2 p.m. for fucking whiskey <laughs> what excuse me noon man what? no man surely it's gotta be it's cause you're from Bewley there's nothing else to do up there so that's <laughs> the, it's the highlands here <laughs> I thought, see, for me, Christmas booze order, and this is why everyone gets fucked on Christmas, is it goes, Bubbles is first, because Bubbles is for when fucking people arrive. And um, I was going to say Buckfast, not Buckfast. Billy. Bucks, Bucks Fizz. Oh, uh, Bucks Fizz, yeah, That's sorry. Bucks Fizz for breakfast, yeah. Yeah, Bucks Fizz for breakfast. Uh, so we're already on something substantial and we're having yeah, yeah, yeah. a 2.5%. Yeah. Bucks, Bucks Fizz for breakfast. Uh, fizz with whatever like shit early lunch thing you're doing when guests Before are sort dinner, of arriving. Yeah. Canapes, the canapes. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Horse doovers, as yes. my mum calls them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then to, and then you're allowed to drink what you want to wait, which for me in that get, just to slow me down would be like probably a cider if it was with a meal red wine. Yeah. And then and then after that, that's what because when I start drinking whiskey, because I can drink whiskey fast too, would you because I drink whiskey on stage, which is how much do you go through? Oh, okay. The, so you're on stage for what? How long is a tour show? An hour and ninety minutes to put and if and if I'm drunk, sometimes two hours. Like I'm really self and Okay. So what do you drink when you're on stage then? What's uh, in the glass? Oh man! So it's on. It's on the fucking rider uh, that just like a bottle of whiskey, uh, and just to clarify, I do not encourage any comedian to drink the way I drink on stage. This comes from me doing uh, my show X, which is about rape and sexual assault, which is about my friend who raped my other friend, and and this is a show that came out after it on Netflix. So I had to tour the show for two years around the world, and I had to relive awful things every night, yeah. and I didn't go to the gym, I didn't eat healthily, I looked badly. All I did was smoke weed and drink heaps of whiskey on stage because being drunk was the only way I felt that I wasn't reciting something. Yeah. Being drunk made it feel... Kept it spontaneous a little yes. bit. Yes, yeah. and also because I was scared of how drunk I was sometimes. Yeah. I would be going on stage and being like, I am unprofessionally drunk and these people have paid to see me. I have to 
super focused to make sure I'm so present so that they don't know how unprofessional and depressed I am in these moments. Mm. Uh, but because of that, my tolerance to whiskey went through the fucking roof. Um, so if I'm an average show where I'm just having fun and I'm, it's not even a problem, a third of a bottle. Okay. And if I if I'm in a European country where I'm having a lot of fun, I have been known to never do a full one, but get, get yeah yeah yeah. I, 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 bear in mind, I've had a drama off stage before. Kai's had some as well before Kai hands yeah. me the bottle on stage. That on our rider, it's just left to them because I'm just like you know what, bring it to yeah. me. And some places in America, I get so. Do you excited. specify single malt? Or uh, did you just I, say whiskey? I think Marlena does specify, my right. manager does specify that it should be single malt. I'm not sure. Because the worry would always be you go somewhere like Spain, which is brilliant, one of my favourite countries to go to. So much fun. All you're getting is famous grouse. Yeah. <laughs> All so, you're, if you say whiskey, that's what they're going to give you. The, the, or Johnny Walker Red. Yes. Uh, yeah. So famous <laughs> grouse is the one where I see it where I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it, look, it's, it's not a fucking terrible whiskey, but it's just not something I want to drink. No. Several drams of. And it's... and. You know, I like to. I like the pause when you drink on stage. Like, you know, there's, and also to me, like gl- growing up watching Dylan Moran and the way he would swell that fucking oh, red, red wine, about, yeah. and the way that Jim Jeffries would with his pints be able to put them back. I always really romanticised people drinking on stage because I thought it made them look so cool. Now I realise that those are just people that look cool when they drink, and the fact that I don't look cool <laughs> off stage drinking doesn't necessarily mean I look. But it's cool. also that kind of thing, like from like, so I think it's. Our generation is looking back at that from the drinking is what their generation was doing about people that were smoking on stage. Yeah. People that looked really cool smoking on stage. And then who was it? I think uh, Frank Skinner's book maybe yeah. said that he was smoking on stage and someone told him like, don't do that. Don't smoke on stage because at some point you'll be at a place where you can't. Yeah. And you'll be like, fuck, I use this as a beat. I use this. Like when oh, I take yeah. that, when, got, when I light the cigarette or when I stub the cigarette out, that's on a beat. And if I don't have it, I yeah. lose that. Well, Ed Byrne was the fucking, uh, I mean, obviously we can talk about fucking uh, um, uh, Dennis O'Leary and Bill Hicks yeah. and George Carlin and all these, and, and fucking Chappelle back in the fucking yeah. day. Uh, Chappelle, Chappelle's still old, vaping, yeah. Yeah, and the only man that makes vaping, vaping look cool. So cool. <laughs> so fucking cool. <laughs> and you know, you, know the, you know the Dave Chappelle tour thing about smoking, right? No. So Dave Chappelle will turn up to a venue and go, what's the fine for smoking? Oh, really? Yeah. And, and then just pay like, up Yeah, front. yeah. And he'll just pay up front because he's like, I'm going to I'm I'm smoke backstage. I'm going to smoke on stage. I'm going to smoke wherever I want because I'm fucking Dave Chappelle. Yeah. How much is it for that to happen? And they're like, we'll get fined 25,000. And he'll be like, cool, here's 30. Yeah. Get yourself something nice. Man. I don't know. Uh, here's another fucking spell. Now, this, now, please do. Uh, I have had the great pleasure of uh, gigging with Dave Chappelle before. This is not what I got this next bit of information from. I got this information from somebody who used to tour manage Dave Chappelle, and I do not know how true it is. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, guess how much his rider is. Fuck, now that you said that. I'm trying to think of a number that I could think of that I would be like, that, this is extravagant, and I bet it's nowhere near. Go on. Grand. Grand. I was going to say more. I was going to say about 15. 20. 20, oh, really? Not, not all the time, but like for, for what I've heard is like, How though? Like, I mean, how can you spend that much money? Like, what's that on? 
uh, catering for everyone. To right. be fair to him, like it's mm, you know right. it's you know it. it he, and imagine he's got a troop, and, like, he's, and yeah. he's got a troop that comes out with him, and he fucking looks after everyone. Yeah. And because he's Dave Chappelle, he is. People it's are go, going to want to meet him after shows, regardless of where in the world he is. Somebody from his company is going to be like somebody here, somebody here. So, uh, and when I've seen him live, he's brought everyone backstage. He's nice to everyone. So again, this all goes into mm. it. Uh, I didn't say when I was backstage, but. Apparently, there were times when uh, Matt, he would just like bring a friend whose job it was to play Xbox with him. So, wow. like, his entire job was to just sit there whenever Dave wanted to play some fucking computer games. This guy was ready set up and ready. And his job was to just sit there and wait till. I said, What a life to play the fight. <laughs> what a life that guy's got. Right. <laughs> what do you do? You just play Xbox when yeah. he fancies it. Brilliant. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so okay, just got Chappelle's writer is uh, so much of it goes to crew and other fucking people yeah. but I can tell you right now when you said a grand I went <laughs> <laughs> how much is yours um, so a lot cheaper now first time we <laughs> first time we started touring Europe right so we've me and Kai had been touring the UK for ages right and we've been touring with um uh, Live Nation, who I love dearly, but we were the bottom of their fucking acts, right? Mm. So we're going to these small little theaters. We got around. There's nothing backstage. Uh, occasionally, we get some fucking water. The occasional thing we turn up with the sandwiches. We first started turning touring Europe, right? And we, in the first couple of years, we're playing Europe. We're only playing to 150, 300 in some places. But backstage, there are two bottles of white wine. Two bottles of red wine, bottle of gin, bottle of tonic, couple of ciders, mm. uh, meats, cheeses, breads, crisps, olives, and we're like fucking. We are huge in a, yeah. in Europe. This is unbelievable. Is that then, like a thing where you just open the bag and just chuck it all in? So at the end of one of the gigs, because most days you're leaving early next morning, so it doesn't matter, and we just give like the booze and food out to any of the staff that we yeah. saw, or, or sometimes fucking homeless people we saw on the streets would be like, yeah, we would be like sandwich or wine, and they'd be like both, and we're like deal, and that's <laughs> <laughs> we when <laughs> we're. Over halfway into this tour, and we've got a day off the next day. So Kai's like, sneak the wine out, and we'll drink that tomorrow night. And a promoter comes in and sees us shoving the wine into the bag, and we're like, we're so sorry. And he's like, why? And we're like, we're stealing the wine. He's like, stealing. Pay for all this. <laughs> the writer is paid for by your tour. Yeah. This is all your money. And we were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey. You're this comes off the price of the thing. This is part of the cost. And we were like, mother. So we messaged Marlena the other day. And she was like, yeah, that's what a writer is. What do you, do you think? Do you think a writer is just like a Christmas list that you just give to a fucking venue? And, because, and you've given it out to homeless people across Europe? And because they're so grateful that you turned up, they're like, oh no, of course, Daniel yes. Sloss. We know you only play to 70 people in Leeds. But we would love nothing more than to provide four bottles of really good French wine for you here in Paris. Brilliant. That's class. Brilliant. Superb. Right. So is there a particular stage? Actually, something you said earlier that I want to come back to. This is a fucking long way away from when you said it. You talked about how you went through a period of your life where you feel now you didn't enjoy it because you're so stressed. Yes. Having had experiences where you do enjoy it in the, mo in the moment versus those that you can look back and reflect and just reflect back on a wonderful time which is more important uh, to be able to reflect on a beautiful time or to actually live it in the moment um 
And that's for you, not a, I'm not no, an existential for, question for, for, for me. I th- for me, for me, I think it's more important to enjoy it in the moment. Um, like I, I'm, I'm a, after the t- the tour that broke my mind, the, the the thing that really upset me was like at the end of it when I was out of it after I'd gone to fucking therapy and I mm. was home and I was myself again. Th- that's when I really started to fucking you know hate myself because man, I, I, my dream fucking tour. No, no, I've had them since as well, but like at the time, this mm. like yeah. global tour, the dream of all yeah. fucking dreams. And to reflect to it and be like, God, I was miserable. God, I was bitter. God, I didn't see any of these places. I really, really regret it. And I really punished myself for it. And now I really try my fucking hardest to just go, this could all be taken away at any fucking moment. And not even just this job, but this life, all of this. Yeah. Like, and it is a privilege to love what you do. Yeah. Yeah, spe- especially especially nowadays, it's it always been a privilege to do what you do, but to really enjoy what you do is a fucking gift that cannot be taken for fucking granted. And I remember growing up and watching all these old bitter comics, and I was like, I'll never fucking become that. And then by the time I was thirty-two, I'd be sitting there fucking bitching and complaining about all these fucking things. Yeah. So now I'm very much like, absolutely not. Like every gig you do might be, the, that might be the last time you ever play the Opera House because next year, yep. you know, they might find out all the horrible things that you say about Australian service on <laughs> podcasts. And um, I think it's important to be... As- Albert Hall's fucking furious about what you've said about English whiskey. So, you know, you can scrape <laughs> that one off the list. <laughs> but no, it's beautiful. Browning, um... Stage though, is there a particular stage that you're sitting on then drinking these this flight with the yeah, Japanese you, expert? Is there when one you in think particular? of doing that? What's the one that pops yeah. in first? I mean the 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 beacon in New York was pretty fucking special for me. Like just uh, the it's a massive theater. Louis C.K. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, Louis C.K. Live at the Beacon Theater was one of my favorite mm. specials. Every American comedian. Uh, in the world, that's like their that's their Apollo, that's their Playhouse, mm-hmm. that's their this. Like, obviously, you've got Madison Square Gardens and the fucking Colorado one and stuff. But like, if you want to talk about like a Colorado, you're talking Red Rocks. Did you do that? Uh, no, God, I wish. God, oh, that's I, that's a fucking what a stage. To oh, do. that would that would be. There you go. There's my answer. Okay, there's my answer. Well, Red I would Rocks love, Amphitheater. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Red Rocks Amphitheater. Uh, I was going to say or Madison Square Garden, but no, because I love Colorado so much. My greatest drama of my fucking life would be on stage there after having performed there. Uh, with dying friends. on your whole in front of a bunch of Just leave the bottle. You paid for it. I, I don't know how many times I have to explain this to you. You paid for it. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Dram number two. What do we think about what's in the glass? Uh, so the smell there mm. was uh, was reminiscent of when I was a kid and I watched what my granddad was drinking and he would shove it under my nose to put me off. That was a very uh, I, I don't know. There was just there was it was so strong just in the chemicals. It was, it was like a, whiskey, whiskey. Yeah, yes, yes, mm. that was real. And. And there was there was definitely some uh, smokiness to it. I got a lot of the fucking back of the throat. Nowhere near what I was expecting from the, mm. the smell, really. Mm. Um, I thought it was, at points was sweet, surprisingly. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was getting, like, from the smells, a tiny little bit of, like, caramel. Yep. 
Um, and certainly got like little bits of, you know, just the, the smooth, sweet taste that you sort of get at the back of your tongue there, which was very different than the slight but pleasurable burn I got at the back of my throat when I went down. It was, yeah. I, I'm going to, I, I couldn't tell you where it's from because it is. I'm going to guess it's a stronger. I uh, thought it was going to be on the nose. I thought it was burn. I taste that. I didn't think so. Well, so that I use, have you ever tried the uh, wolf burn? Oh, the one from Thursday. Yes. I've not had it, but Wolfburn have. I love Wolfburn. My my father's from father father's family's from Thurzo. Oh, um, and I was doing a charity thing for them. Found out they had a distillery up there. All of their whiskies are excellent. At one point, the only fuck up that Wolfburn ever did was they. This isn't the first example. Is they released a limited edition, um, like support the Ukraine war one, which was like one of their old casts. They opened mm. it up, they put it in. All of the proceeds went to the Ukraine war. I bought two of those because I'm like, fucking, I love this whiskey. I support them. Let's get it done. Oh, they released a coronation one. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. How did that sound? I'm like, how, how the, many of you're the northest of north how dare does the news not get up there what are you talking about the coronet unless this is to throw at the cunt's head don't fucking sell it how fucking dare you you know there's English whiskey let them fucking do it let them drink swell do not give him you know what his favourite whiskey is though what the frog is it yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. I, was, I was having their things like my point to the Prince of Wales and if you go to the distillery there's a big thing about the fact he, he fucking loves it's it it's got his stamp and what have you on it the Wolfburn uh, distillery has a bottle called the Langskip it is 58% right and you, and if I were to give you it in a blind taste test I would put a large sum of money down that there is no way you would be able to pick out of the line it is Dangerously smooth, right? Okay. Oh man, it's like I bought a bottle for uh, Kai Humphrey's wife is a big whiskey drinker, and she messaged Let's me the next on. day, yep. being like, "I had three drams, and I'm I was fucked <laughs> because you drink it the way you normally." <laughs> yes. So I th- there was for this there was a little bit of that to me. There was that smell, smooth, but it's got the but this punch behind it that you know is there, but it's not coming through. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, you've tricked my body into taking more alcohol than it thought yeah. about, and I respect you for that. Yeah. That's what I'm after. I was getting weather. Leather? Oh, okay. Like, specifically, this is going to show you what I was like as a child, but uh, you know when you get, like, new shoes, particularly school shoes, and they were leather shoes? Yeah. And they had that little tag that said, like, genuine leather? Yeah. You chew on that. What? That's the kind of taste I was getting. From I didn't. I've never chewed on my shoes ever. No, in my you don't life. chew on the shoe. You chew on a little tag that says genuine leather. shoe. No, you, you take that off. <laughs> it's a label. You take your laces off, would you? Chew your laces? Have you ever chewed a leather lace? Because, again, a bit like that. I've never chewed a leather lace. Why would you have chewed a leather lace? I've, I've ch- and chewed a strawberry lace. Because yeah. if, like, if, if, you're, if you're getting shoes and there's I leather... a horse. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's like a leather sample that's, that doesn't say eat this, but you naturally think... My worry with you is that whenever you buy any plastic goods, you know the little silicone packet in there. That's they say so don't eat on not them. To be fucking they say don't eat on them, so I don't eat them. Sprinkle but them I'm always tempted. Yep. We, talked about this, we talked about this last week about how uh, you know, all those kids were eating Tide Pods in America. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Glenn Livett came out with 
these whiskey capsules that are wrapped that in like, like edible weed. They just look like that and you eat them and... Did they? Yeah. yeah. I can't find them for sale anywhere. I don't know if they were just really limited edition, but I've, 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 I've literally read about three different articles on them since you mentioned them because I'm fascinated by it now as well and I really kind of like, oh, I just really want to try it. I really want to try one, yeah. yeah. The reason it got cancelled because it was the opposite of the American problem. A bunch of Scottish mums were putting it in their fucking washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Kids go to school smelling Sticking like their granddad. <laughs> So yeah, it was getting a leather kind of thing, dry fu- fruits maybe as well, dry fruits. fruits. Grand. Right, well, we know what is in the glasses. We know where we're drinking it. Now we need to go on to who we're drinking it with. I'm going to pour out dram number three and we'll be back to do that in just a second. We've got the glasses in front of us. We know we are sitting at the Red Rock Theatre Amphitheatre, Amphitheater. uh, after a knockout of the park gig that you've just delivered. The next part of this is who do you want to drink it with to make that experience fully complete? Who are the people or the person that's with you? There's two There's two answers here. Uh, one, I'm just going to give because I, I, I do mean it, but it's, you know, in the context of what we've just created isn't correct. Um, I would love nothing more than to have a dram of whiskey with my granddad, pre-Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Uh, st- it's not full Alzheimer's, it's more like short-term memory. Like, he still knows who I am. Yeah. Like, But he had to stop drinking whiskey because he stopped remembering everything about him. And just that aspect of it made him very sad. Um, uh, so whenever I see him, his number one thing, he'll always ask me how my job's going. He'll always ask me how my little friend is doing and my little friend is Kai. Yeah. And he'll ask that question <laughs> five times during the, the uh, question. And he's still so very supportive, which is weird because... Um, I don't know if he remembers this. My granddad hates my stand-up. Yeah? He's always hated it. Oh, man, man, I'm, I swear I'm rude. I say horrible fucking things. Does he thing. watch it? My granny doesn't watch me at all. Any clips that I've put up, she, she just won't watch them. Uh, my grandparents were always very supportive early on, like, they, because they, they, and they wanted to support it, because mm. I was, and especially when things started going, like, well. Yeah. Like, and they certainly came to the early gigs when it was, you know, the fucking Stan Glasgow. I yeah. remember doing a Michael Redman Sunday service yeah. to 17 people and they were fucking two of them. And it wasn't great. And my granddad just, and back when I was younger, I wasn't as fucking sweary and as rude, but he, he just never fucking got into it. There was one time I did the King's Theatre in Glasgow and he was up in the box because this is a theatre that he went to when he was a fucking yeah. kid growing up. And my grand said that like five minutes into the show, he moved his chair to stop facing me and to sort of rotate it around to look at the crowd because that's the way he could enjoy me. He didn't like me swearing. He didn't yeah. like, but he loved seeing me. The reaction do, that you put on pe- yeah. other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loved seeing me entertain. Yeah. Um, so, I, so, so, man, if I was at the Red Rocks, I'd love to fucking sit there and have a whiskey with him and just really ask of him, like, what is it you fucking hate so much? Because my, 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 my grandma, when my book came out, my horrible fucking book, which is called Everyone You Hate Is Going To Die, and it's just vile. She caught him bad. reading that after, and he was four pages and he went, this is just vile. It's just horrible, awful stuff. And she's like, don't fucking read it. (laughs) So I'd love to like, you know, after that sort of thing, because he is able to separate the art from the fucking person. I'd love to talk to him about that. But if it's it's going to be Red Rocks and it's going to be after a fucking gig, it's got to be Bill Burr. It absolutely has to be sat down there and I want him to be slightly drunker than me. (laughs) 
but we're both drunk. We're both yeah. very drunk. But my drunkness has led me to be my anxiety to rise up, uh, to be a bit more insecure. So I'm sort of like keeping stuff back. I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm drinking a lot more whiskey than him because I'm just trying to take in the moment. He's drunk and he is proud of me uh, and impressed by what I've done. But he's also aware of what an arrogant young piece of shit I am. So he's giving me the fucking hard truths about right. it. But he's doing it in the ball-busting, nice fucking way. And I want it to be like a really humbling experience of, I've just had the biggest gig of my life by a country fucking mile. And one of the greatest to ever do it is going, yeah, that was good, but what next? How do you get better? And how do you fucking appreciate this? <laughs> I want one of those. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what an intense thing to want to have. You just have one of these amazing moments like, fucking get better, cunt. Yeah. Oh, no. But, 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 to, but, but, yeah. to, but to, be, to be told get better by the best isn't an insult. It's an invite. Yeah. It's an invite up yeah. to the echelons. It's an invite. It's to be like, hey, man, you're close. Like yeah. you, if you're you, worthy of the elevation to the next step, yeah, yeah. someone that's never going to have a hope is going to be like, ah, keep doing what you're doing, you're great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want him to go as somebody that's done this for 30 fucking years, mm. right? And I see, I've seen this. You've got it. You're good. You've got your audience. You sold out this. I'm not going to say you can. Here's the question Can you sell this out three more times in the next fucking five years? Can you come back here on every fucking tour? Here's yeah. da 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 da. And I just, you know, I, I, I love getting my balls busted by older comics uh, uh, because that's what the entire start of my career was. So it's a fuel quote if ever there wasn't. I love getting my balls busted by old comics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a darker side to that statement yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they were getting arrested these days. Uh, yeah, yeah, but not enough. Not yeah. enough of them. Um, because I started so young... I spent so much of my early career, and I didn't begrudge any of this, but of like winning older comics approvals and getting that approval eventually for having them see me as real comic, not a peer. Yeah, of course I wasn't a peer to them at that time, but someone where they were like, "Oh, okay, okay, you actually love this. Yep. You're not, you're not one of these cunts coming in just to be a TV presenter. You're not saying mm -hmm. this is a fucking stepping stone into acting in the Hollywood. You're yeah. somebody here that fucking loves it. I loved getting that level of acceptance when there's people that stand accept me like that. When the people that comedy store accept me like that, um, it meant so much. And and now that I'm more successful and because of the luck I've had in my career nobody on the Scottish comedy well they all bust my balls regularly but yeah. like net but in the way of well done and fuck you which yeah. I still love yeah. yeah but it's not the somebody who's still I man I, I I like having role models in my life and I like having people who can because I'm an I, I'm a very egotistical person I'm a very arrogant person I don't like my arrogance and I like being fucking humbled by people who have the right to humble me. Yeah. If you're an audience member, you have no right no, to no, fucking no, humble yeah, me. Totally. Um, oh, that's not true. You humble down, not yeah, yeah. 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 You, you you have a right to do anything you yeah. you want to me, but I'm just saying, if you try to humble me as an audience member, I'll not respect your opinion <laughs> because you pay to look at me and I get paid to look at you, and that's the power structure. <laughs> so, other than that, is there anything else you're talking about? Like, if you're just sitting there in the receiving end, you're going to be. Yes. Catching up with them because you're going to be drunk because 
Absolutely. I want I want I want to hear about his deaths. I want to hear about how he balances fatherhood uh, and touring and, and fame. Um, I want to know how he manages to separate, like, you know, he's so fucking famous. He's so fucking big. How do you separate your kids from that? Like, how do you make sure that, like, I, I love fans coming up and talking mm. to me and telling me they love Does me. that happen a huge amount? One of my things that I tell people, like, when people that are not in it at all, I'm like, comedy's fucking brilliant because you're literally a nobody until you're not. Yes. And even then you still kind of are. Yeah. It, it, like, it, do you get to go to the shops and not be bothered if, by people most of the time? If you're the most famous comedian in the world, and by that I mean the most famous comedian in the world who's not done movies, so we'll we'll discount Kevin Hart for, yeah. this, for this example. That's what I mean. Most famous comedian in the world is Kevin Hart, but Kevin Hart's in movies with yeah. The Rock, the Rock and yeah, on yeah. his own fucking merit. If you're the most famous comedian in the world and you're just famous from fucking comedy, 20% of the earth knows who you are at most. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, 20% of the adult population know who you are. What is it? Tom Segura could probably go to the shops without being hassled too much. In the UK, quite In the UK, without even a problem, I think. Maybe two or three people a a day would recognize him. Has that always been true, or is that more true of now because there is more platform and therefore more comics. Uh, I think now, I think comedy comedy used to be punk and rock and roll and, and, and has been for the entire mm. fucking 50 years that it's been, depending on which part of the world you're in. I think it's going to be making a step into, because now the, the positive thing that I really love about social media is it has destroyed publicists, promoters, yep. middlemen. Because now it's not up to agents and TV production companies to, to decide who the audience sees, who Once, the public yeah. sees. Now, thanks to the algorithm, don't get me wrong, it's still some fucking AI algorithm that's just guessing yeah. it. But it's it's a fit. But it doesn't take 15%. No, so uh, therefore- yeah. uh, and it's also not an agency who, not, yeah, yeah. who particularly creates its own show and only yeah. has 90% of its own acts on that show yeah. to... Yeah put out the illusion that there are only this 90% of comedians in this fucking country. Yeah, yeah. The algorithm does not do that. It introduces a wider audience to wider comedians. And the thing that comes from this is you then get comedians who've been going for ages better that these new comics are doing well because they've worked out the mm. algorithm fucking earlier, yeah. uh, which is, is, is you know, a, a fair enough thing to be uh, annoyed by. I, I, I get to... Uh, I... I'm on social media. I'm not good at social media. My stuff goes viral, but without me doing it. Like yeah. whenever, and the, uh, uh, this isn't something I'm pr- I'm proud of or particularly enjoy, uh, but it does happen. Anytime there is a major sexual assault scandal um, anywhere in the world, uh, an illegal clip, which I don't mind that it's illegal, but legally my management would like me to say, don't illegally watch my, illegally watch any of my stuff out. If you illegally watch anything I've done, because by the time you illegally watch it, I've already paid for it and either suffered the losses or yeah, got money back. Yeah. And if you illegally watch it and you promise to come and see me on tour, couldn't give a fucking shit. Yep. Could not give a wet hot <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. shit. And also, you illegally downloading my stuff and putting it out in ninety second clips saves me ever having to do, do it myself. To get the algorithm to do the job for you, yeah. But the you know the this stuff goes viral and then you're in people's heads for. Th- different things and, and you don't get to choose how people react to you. I really enjoy being recognized. I wouldn't have a career or a job if it wasn't for the fans. Um, I will do my best every single time to give my fans the time of day. 
and I, and I love the attention. I love the attention. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah big time. Especially if it's in front of friends and my oh wife. Oh my God. My wife hates me. We were in Santorini and we went up to this fucking remote hill for a cafe run by one woman. And this woman recognized me. And my wife was so angry. I loved it. Oh, but, yeah, I, uh, I was at a bar with a mate of mine and he's not in a stand-up at all. He doesn't come and see me. He doesn't, he doesn't like it as, a, as an art form. And uh, we were in a bar and we were walking out of the bar and this guy just stopped me. He was having a fag outside as we were walking out. He was like, did I see you doing comedy at the stand the other day? I was like, yes, you did. Like, oh, he's got a picture. I was like, fucking yes. And my mate was raging. Love it. It's the most beautiful thing in the world to happen. The most beautiful, perfect. <laughs> it's 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 not you telling everyone else around you that you're better than them. It's Someone a else. stranger coming in <laughs> and letting everyone be like, hello. Just, I'm a stranger, but I value this person more than all of you. <laughs> uh, for stupid reasons, but yeah. let's not go into that. But I just, I, I I don't ever want my, like, you know, I chose this life. I chose fame. Uh, I didn't choose fame. I got fame, but I chose the job that led to it. Yeah. So all of the bonuses and the negatives are me. I, I, my son didn't sign up to that. And I don't want my son to think I'm different from other dads or other parents mm. or whatever. I don't want other parents p- treat me fucking differently. I don't want... That's an anxiety that, that I have. Like when it comes, I love being recognised, and I get recognised always in good ways. Like I've, I, I can name on one hand how many times I've had a negative interaction with someone coming up to me. Mm. But there is just a bit of even if you're adoring me, I don't know how I would ever explain to myself. I'm like, why does that person love you? And I'm like, because the reason they love me is because <laughs> at some point between the ages of one and seventeen, they experience trauma, and <laughs> I do art that yeah. talks a lot about trauma and because I'm good looking and gentle <laughs> people really like what I say and and to them I'm more important but that's not true that's just in their heads yes that's beautiful it's brilliant absolutely brilliant um okay it's come to the point of this show where we've completed your dream drinking experience we need to complete what's in front of us. What about dram number three? Uh, I'm going to go stay right now. Uh, my favourite. Okay. Um, which is weird because it's not one I would... I think if you were to put this beside the other three that I would pick my favourite, I don't think I would choose it for myself. But okay. like as a... I don't know. It was... I, I'm going to... Fuck it. I'm going to go all out and put my everything on the line, even though I know I'll get it wrong. I'm going to say Isla because I there was more peatiness to that. There was... There was peatiness with smoothness to me. Uh, it's the stuff I know... Uh, and every time I really enjoy a whiskey, someone will go, it was from Isla. And I'll be like, oh, I clearly just like that. So the fact that I was so drawn to that has me confident. And by confident, I mean... Two percent. Excellent. I'm pretty certain it probably is Isla. <gasps> it might not be. There's a few non Isla distillers that use P as well. In fact, quite, on, quite a lot t- of them. Can you can you name three of them for me just now? Uh, Talisker is from Sky. Yes. Uh, yes. Ben I love Romick a Talisker. Is from Speyside, and that's a PE boy. Which one? Ben Romick. Yeah. It's called. I've not had a Ben Romick before. That's lovely I, stuff. I love Talisker. Talisker is mm. a really good one. Talisker ten. Yes. Storm and Sky can get fucked. Oh my god, so, we agree on so many things. It's my brother's favourite whiskey. Which one? Talisker Sky. Oh, your brother's a fucking idiot. Talisker 10 is wonderful. Like, it's right. a really, I don't uh, know why they're fucking about with these non-age statement expressions. Uh, options. Life is full of options. Yeah, some people want to drink good whiskey and some people want to drink shit. option is somebody's favourite. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're doing it. Hey, first someone of- drinks it and goes... 
this is this is it for me. This is whiskey. First of all, my brother is not a someone. <laughs> <laughs> I am the someone in the family. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people follow your mother on Twitter as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, she's, I would say, you know, she's one of the few people during this festival that's more famous than me. Just <laughs> everyone recognizes her. Um, oh, so we got Talisco. We got, I don't know if we get one more before. Uh, Highland Park puts a bit of smoke in there yeah, as well. Yeah, yep. uh, but then also West Cork in Ireland. That's yep. an Irish whiskey that's peated, uh, which I've mentioned on this podcast well, before. Another one on Malt. Yeah. Um, there's a few about do a week of peat. They do a week of peat. I've got that in the house, actually. This yeah. year's week of peat. Um, which is a really interesting one and almost was one of the ones I brought along tonight. That would have been embarrassing if I done because, again, I've had that in the house. Yep. So, okay. Anything you want to add other than it's an Isla? I, uh, which all I wrote was Smokey Boy. Smokey um, Boy. <laughs> boy was spelled with an I, like Skater Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two eyes or one? Uh, one eye. One eye, okay. So Avril Lavigne not style. the smokiest of boys. No, no, no. It's not a boy. <laughs> Just a smoky boy, not a smoky boy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, smoky. I think Isla, I'd, I'd be... I wouldn't be shocked if you said it was somewhere else, but I think Isla. Okay. Um, so what we need to do now is we need you to rank yours through preference. Um, through the one that you enjoy the most, the one that you enjoy the least. And then at the end, we're going to ask you which one do you think you can buy in a supermarket? Okay. I'm going to drop this in now. One of these drams that you've drank is over £500 a bottle. Oh, my God. Really? Oh, my so- fucking God. <laughs> um, well, that's instantly, <laughs> easily the most expensive whiskey I've drank. So there you and go. I, and I, 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 and that's, I think the most expensive whiskey I've ever drank is in fucking uh, Canberra, of all places. Um, actually, Canberra actually has one of the greatest Japanese restaurants in the world, a Japanese fusion restaurant, and they have every single Suntory behind there. Wow. And I was out there with, in fact, if you ever get Connor Burns on this podcast... Don't say he might tell you this story. Being Connor Burns are out in Canberra, he's opening for me. Um, I'm successful at this point in my career. We go to this fucking place. I love it. I go every time I'm there, I see this bottle of whiskey and I just go, fuck it, that one. And the guy goes, Are you sure? And I'm like, Yeah, that one. Just two drams. And the guy goes, You know, it's 130 bucks a dram, right? Ooh. Now, in any other situation, I would have been like, Oh, fuck, just give me the fucking house Nika. Yeah. <laughs> Man, my opener's right there. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta show <laughs> I got off a, a little bit. I got a fucking reputation. Like, yeah, no problem, man. I'm, I'm like 120. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Give me two. I'm, I'm like, oh, like, I'm, I'm making like, well, yeah. Is it, is, there a, is it happy hour? Is that what this is? 120. I'll see if I can get out in fucking coppers. Just like, oh my god, I've spent over half the bill of this lunch on whiskey. <laughs> I had to uh, drink it in front of car. He had one too. He was like, oh, thank- oh no, no, that, that's also not true. I think I only bought myself it. <laughs> <laughs> Grant, so we always start with our guest. Three, your favourite. I mean, you talked to the start about Laphroaig and there's so much, there's a there's an emotional connection yes. to the PT side yes. of things. So that, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. But is it your favourite of the three? Yes, it is. Right. Yeah, it is. Um, but I want to clarify... Um, 
I really enjoyed all three of these. Yeah, there yeah, is, I, yeah. There was not. This even, is our strongest lineup we have ever yeah, had. Yeah. By the way, whichever one of these is on the shelf, I will buy it on the shelf tomorrow Fine. because that's how good all three of these was. Fine. So I don't, I don't want third to be seen as a fucking loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's uh, often the case on this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. And, and this is it. So best and favorite are not the same thing. It's yes. the other part to that as well. Bestness and favoriteness is completely different. Yes. And that's why McDonald's are so successful. Yeah, yeah. Because the favorite meal you might have is McDonald's, but yeah. it's definitely not the best. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, th- the third was, for me, was my favorite because I liked the, the, the peatiness of it. It was it, for, it did remind me of my grandfather, um, and that will always mean a lot to me, so that's why it was my favorite. And in the same uh, sort of vein, the reason why number one was my second favorite was because even though it's not Japanese, the second I tasted it, I was like, that is very Chicken similar there. to that. Yeah, yeah, it did. Man, it, it took me to sitting in those, that fucking little four person bar with Kai just drinking heaps of good whiskey at a really hard but fun time in my career and the the second one was delicious the only reason it's in, in last place is because i thought the the smell was the most assaulting of all three interesting this is the first time this has happened in a while okay complete opposite <laughs> complete okay. opposite two is my favorite Grand. oh then it's three then it's one and it's one that i think is supermarket Oh, so you've come in with your supermarket oh, nice and early. Okay, fine. I, I will also I will also say I do think one is supermarket. Okay. Um, okay. Even though even though I have said that it's it's my second favorite. I do. Well, that's fine as well. Like uh, the amount of times that that's happened before, I've, I've I've bought bottles of whiskey while we're still I recording. I fucking swear to God, if any of these are Johnny Walker, I will kill myself. I don't like that. I think these are all single malts. All yeah. single malts. All Scottish. There's no tricks tonight. He's done this to me before. Are they, all, are they all always Scottish? No. No. Oh, no, no. He's shot Welsh at me. He shot Australian whiskey at me before. We had the more Australian signature. Oh, which one? Morris oh. Signature. Oh. what it was and it was described by Daniel Downey as a bag of monkeys yeah. um, it was and to be fair I, I I always put these in an order and I try so again tonight I put the smoky one last because if you have a smoky one first it taints everything right? yes. it does 100%. Um, you cannot start on a Lefroig and then go to something from space it just no you start on Lefroig and you went with monkey shoulder you start with your strongest <laughs> and best and the drunker you get Our you start yes. giving people worse and worse whiskey stop giving out good whiskey so at 2am I'm so like bad for that oh my God. I'm awful at it if, we, if I got people back at mine after a night out I'd be oh try this it's really interesting it's one bottle that exists in the world anymore because it's the Scotland Malt Whiskey Society and they only make so many of them. Yep. And it's like, it's a Gwen Farco. It's one of the most amazing whiskey world. Aged in an Isla Barrel. Right. And I'm like, oh, try this. It's three in the morning. No one can tell the fucking right. difference. Somebody, yeah, somebody, somebody chases it with a fucking lime and you're like, no! Yep. <laughs> okay, so let's start first of all with I'm trying to figure out the right way to reveal this, to be perfectly honest. What do you want to know first? I'll let you guys decide. What's, what's the 500-pounder? The 500-pounder yeah. is the Glen Scotia 25-year-old. Oh, my God. Which, incidentally, won at the San Francisco Wine and Spirit Awards in 2021. Is that number two, baby? The whisk, best whiskey in the world. It is 550-pound a bottle. It is... For me, it was my favourite tonight. I'll be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. It's got so much complexity. If you say two, I'm going to be so devastated. 
I think it actually asked. It was whiskey number two. Come on! <laughs> oh my god. I'm so talented. Oh my god. Every, I'll never win this man. Every fucking English prick <laughs> listening to this right now is so thrilled. I have just badmouthed the English for all this podcast. They're like, he can't even tell the best with his least favorite whiskey was the best whiskey in the, the fucking most world. expensive whiskey. I'm not going to listen to anything this man said. No, according to San Francisco, it was best, the best whiskey in the world, 2021. Um, it was 48.8%. No added color or chill filtration. Interesting. Is, you, you said you thought it was stronger. But I was right there, 48%. It was much stronger. Yeah, I said it probably wasn't. So the- you talked about leather, Angus. You talked about it being sort of sweet, caramel, smooth. You said that, the, it's funny, that's the one you said reminded you of your granddad because it was the, it, it was a whiskey whiskey. Yeah. Um, Slightly sweet as well, which I thought was interesting. So the nose is a bracing Atlantic breeze gives strong maritime influence. Taste, coastal air, red apple, tangy orange peel, vanilla syrup, caramel sweetness. Oh, okay. So you nailed that part. Yeah. Uh, The finish, long lingering sea salt with a spicy note of ground ginger, which again goes back to the fact you felt a bit of heat in the back of your throat uh, with yes. ginger. Uh, and the sea salt, for me, is the smokiness I think you're picking up. That saltiness yeah, it, is what's it wasn't, that... Yeah, it because wasn't, it wasn't peaty smoke. No, it was... It was so it's kind of like the seasidey saltiness, the brininess that I think sometimes comes through God, smoke. This is like when you get a, when you fail uh, English yes, test, and then you look at the results and you go, "I was so close, but I got it so horribly wrong." But, but the teacher's like, <laughs> "But you know what? Your conjectures were good. You, your punctuation was in the right places, and you know what, Dan? You, you've got the neatest handwriting of everyone in the class." Yes. <laughs> okay, um, so the next one was. Dram number one. If my favourite is the fucking store, but I swear to fucking God. So number one was your least favourite, and it was your second favourite, and you both identified this as the supermarket supermarket one. This is the Glen Kinchy Distillery Exclusive that you can only buy at the distillery. Which you were just at last week. Buy at a supermarket. So that was. to, what Glen Kinchy Distillery. So number three is the supermarket That's, one. So number three is the oh, supermarket no. one that you selected. Your favorite <laughs> one. No. So you both got this we wrong. We need to leak this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to I, do it. I we, love this. This is exactly <laughs> what this comes out as, right? Um, so at the end of this, right? Wait, I, sorry. What was, it, what was the third? Then something pound a bottle. I know you're both going away going, that got this question 25, by the way, is absolutely tremendous. And that's the one you'll go look up. But um, right, so hang on. The, the Glen Kinchy, before I come on to what the supermarket one actually is. Okay. The Glen Kinchy one is um, finished in brandy barrels. Okay. So there's a little bit of brandy in there. So it brings out spicy toffee apple uh, is kind of thing. You said uh, smooth. There was a bit of smokiness in there for you. You thought it was highly drinkable. You thought it was a space side. You thought it was a Ben Rioch. Potentially. Ben Rioch. Ben Rioch is what I yeah, said, yeah. Uh, but it's not. It is a Glen Kinchy. Time to reveal then the supermarket special. Yeah, what's this? It actually... One of this is, medal this at the is San the English, Francisco. I'm going to break my own neck <laughs> and you can deal with my fucking body. <laughs> um, it also won a gold medal at the San Francisco World Spirit Competition in 2017 and it was awarded Best Island Single Malt at the 2017 World Whiskies Award. Um, uh, nose is a fresh and fragrant nose. Uh, th- 
Through thick, pungent smoke come sweet pear and apple peels with pinches of maritime salt, kippers and seaweed. The palate is a bonfire of peat crackling with black pepper with a touch of brine and dried barley. Sounds like the fire um, to me. And then finishes a long finish, bonfire embers, toast malt, uh, and crystallised a sugary underlay. It can be bought for approximately £35 a bottle at Sainsbury's. Let me guess. It is something you have both already mentioned. Can I guess? Oh, Lefroy yes. Select. It is not Lefroy. Ah. Is, is it fucking monkey shoulder? It is not monkey <laughs> shoulder. It is from an island, but it's not Isla. Is it Talisker? It is Talisker. It is Talisker 10. A nice whiskey, like Which I said. Like I said, whiskey. they make nice whiskey. And genuinely one of the better supermarket options, I think. £35 yeah. a bottle. Oh, that makes me feel so much 10. better. <laughs> Not only 10 at all. <laughs> yes, it wasn't Asda's own whiskey or anything like that. Oh, man. Like, I can only describe, like, the, the, the nerves of getting this, like, whiskey <laughs> wrong and being shit with it. The first time I was about 19, 20 years old and I was asked to do Soccer AM, which is the worst show in the world. Was that, as, was that as bad an experience as... Yeah, man. Yeah. All you do is turn up at 7 a.m., to like some studio where it's so professionally run and they've got so many guests every day that they just stick you as a cog into the wheel. It's very efficient. They're all very yeah. good to you. But the hosts are lovely. All the staff are fucking lovely. And then they get a bunch of fucking football fans from Burton <laughs> to, to fucking scream at you loud, for yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then afterwards, you, you go on television and you're trying to promote your little fucking tour show and then you come off and you just get a bunch of people being like, hey, you fucking Chelsea fan, I hope you kill yourself. Yeah. And you're like, did you sell tickets? <laughs> like, is this transfer? Mind you, fucking Mike, Mike, Michael Sylvester of Man United fame gave us a bottle of his own rum. Well, that's cool. Yeah. 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 This was much better than Soccer AM, though, infinitely. Yeah. But the same Good. sort of fear just at the end there where I'm like, there's going to be a bunch of whiskey drinkers who are just for the rest of my life now going to be like, do you remember that time you love fucking supermarket stuff, you cheap fuck? <laughs> hey, you've never forgotten your roots, you know? I genuinely think <laughs> this is... Sainsbury's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like you're scumming, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. I genuinely think I love this podcast for this very reason because it, it neutralizes everything. You're not coming in with expectations. You're coming in and tasting what's in your glass and it ties back to an emotional memory something that you are holding on to and will continue to hold on to and that whiskey will always give you that and that's beautiful that makes that whiskey brilliant for you again favorite and best two different things yes it's the way you've got to enjoy it i also think just for my own security of mind if at some point within the next 50 episodes if you could have at least two like people who like professional whiskey drinkers and bring them on and try and fuck them We're up. Definitely. Yeah, it would make that, me feel yeah. a lot better. Because if, if either one of them even selects their second favourite whiskey as a store-bought, I'll be turning up to their fucking house. <laughs> yeah. Being like, listen here, I got shit for it, you'll get it too. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, listen, Daniel Sloss, thank you so much for coming on The Sipping Point. Just to recap, your dream drumming experience is a flight of Japanese whiskeys that yes. you do not know what they are, but they're being served to you by someone Japanese that knows what they're doing. Yep. You're having it on stage at the Red Rock Amphitheater in Colorado, and you are sitting with Bill Burr, who is ripping you to shreds. Yes. Basically telling you where you can do better so you can continue to elevate your career. Yes, 100%. That's, that is my dream. That's like even just you describing it there sounds class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening into the Sipping Point. Until next time, Slanjava.
My name is Daniel Sloss. If you've never heard me of me before, uh, that's probably for good reason. Uh, don't do any further research. If you don't know who I am so far, it's probably because your friends and family have kept me away from you because you're too sensitive and you can't handle what I do, or you just rightfully think I'm a cunt. Um, if you can read, I have a book. It's not very good. Uh, it's called Everyone You Hate Is Going to Die. Uh, if you would rather watch stuff, I've got two specials on Netflix, um, at two specials on my website, and uh, any other ones i'm just illegally download shit i cannot express to you how little i care my friend show is still short king at the stand for 245 please come i've spent so much money on this i need people to buy tickets please